0: XMuscle.com brings you Quantum Physiques. Building strength and power for your mind, your body, and your spirit. Alternative medicine, muscle growth, mode enhancement, motivation. Putting your mind at ease. Harnessing your maximum potential. Quantum Physiques. Here's your host, Brian Cunningham.
1: And welcome to another show of Quantum Physiques. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham, here on rxmuscle.com, where we strive to build strength and power for mind, body, and spirit. I want to welcome my co-host, Jeff, the producer. Jeff, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Brian? How are
2: you?
1: I'm doing good, buddy, doing good. Just uh, trying to stay out of the heat. It was ridiculous the the past couple days over here in New York.
2: <laughs> you know, Dave. Uh, you know, Palumbo has like ha- has like a thing about talking about the weather on the radio. He hates it, and yet today i i, I was um, I was listening to Heavy Muscle Radio because we we, we take this on Monday, and uh, you know, of 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 course, the topic is how hot it was in Florida. So, you know, yeah. sometimes you just can't avoid these things, and I have no problem talking about the weather. And I, like, agree with you. It's scorching out, but I'm enjoying every second of it. I, I'd, much, I'd much prefer the heat than, like, uh, having it be freezing cold, man.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. I definitely understand that for sure. Uh, of course, with the heat, people have got to keep well hydrated, so uh, make sure you drink plenty of fluids. And wear your sunscreen. Not uh, in case anyone doesn't know, <laughs> sunscreen leads to skin cancer. It doesn't prevent skin cancer. You're much better wearing like a t-shirt if you got to cover yourself out there. So, um, you know, I think we covered that on what previous show, Jeff. Didn't we? Um, if we
2: did, I, I maybe, maybe my brain was a little, uh, a little retarded there. But if, if you can go over that again, I'm interested in that.
1: Well, I definitely said you could Google one of my articles. I I wrote for uh, bodybuilding.com, actually, on suntan Ah, science. That's right, that's right. And I was saying that it's actually, what really triggers, uh, this is really across the board. Your skin is a reflection, just like your gums. Remember we talked about oral health being a reflection of your overall systemic health. To some degree, your skin also reflects that. Everything is kind of connected. And um, a lot of times it has to do with um, omega-3, omega-6 fatty acid ratios. Again, I'm definitely a a fan of the theory that an imbalance in omega-6 pro-inflammatory and omega-3 fatty acids can lead to, uh, you know, can alter cellular, cellular function such that the sun can trigger then uh, enough damage to cause uh, carcinoma or skin cancer basically, you know. So you really want to optimize your fatty acid intake. And again, as I mentioned before, I was in the, um, the sun of Equatorial Brazil, and I had – I think I mentioned this, Jeff. I had a lot of antioxidants in my system, and I'm a fair-skinned Irish guy. I would have burned to death down there. I did get red. <laughs> But I was able to mitigate the inflammatory response by using copious quantities of vitamin C, vitamin E, you know, mixed to uh, superoxide dismutase. So, without a doubt, now that it's summertime, I want to once again remind you the best suntan, um, I guess, suntan lotion is from within, is really putting on copious quantities inside your body of these antioxidants. You can also apply them topically. I mean, topical SOD superoxide dismutase has actually been shown to accelerate tanning and the reason why of course is because it um, I'm not sure how it affects melanin but I think it also it does stop the inflammatory response so it allows I guess more melanin production to go on because you're not getting a burn so that's why I would say definitely uh, watch the Suntan's lotion and take some antioxidants instead you're much better off Right,
2: you know, and now and now I just remembered that's right because I had it bookmarked in my uh, in my browser over here. And uh, if anyone wants to check it out, definitely go to Google and type in "suntan science: the good, the bad, and the ugly" by Brian there you Cunningham.
1: Go. Yeah, exactly. You know, Jeff, we're going to get into uh, diet. I a lot of listener feedback, and again, I really appreciate all the ladies and gentlemen out there that have given us feedback. And uh, once again, you can always post on the forum thread on rxmuscle.com your questions and comments. Also, if you can like us on Facebook, that would be great. It would be really good to get some support and you can post questions there on Quantum Physiques, of course, on the uh, Facebook page we created. But a lot of good feedback. Everyone's really into the whole diet uh, dilemma. Uh, you know, People are really confused about what the best diet is. I think, Jeff, you even sent me a question about that, which we're going to get into with our guest later on, actually. This is somebody who actually knew Dan Duchesne. He was back, um, you know, bodybuilder Dave Palumbo and him are friends. His name is Don Kirzner, and he knew Dan Duchesne, the late Dan Duchesne, who had that body opus diet that, believe it or not, Dana Hauser actually is a big fan of. And this is Dana Hauser, MD, who's a big, you know, obviously big supporter of the boards, and I've uh, got a lot of respect and credibility here already. Uh, so we're going to get into that that body opus diet later on. And also, Jeff, what I want to get into a little bit is uh, a little bit of the science behind amino acids, too. I think it's really fascinating stuff that I think our listeners will really appreciate is just how amazing. I mean, get this, man. Methionine is an amino acid. um, And they just found out here now, a recent study showed that methionine restriction has been shown to extend lifespan in animal models. And get this now, this is one reason why I put uh, glycine in my formula. Jeff, as you know, I have a stress and anxiety product called Gabitrol. Um, I actually gave you a a bottle of it, Jeff, and you tried it. Maybe you can give us some feedback on that. But if anyone out there wants a free sample, they can always go to rxstress.com and get a sample of it. But the cool thing about it is that glycine actually inhibits methionine absorption, which also helps to decrease uh, mitochondrial reactive oxygen species. This is, again, um, free radical damage in the mitochondria. Methionine seems to upregulate that, but glycine can inhibit that. So another reason why you want to kind of watch the methionine intake, but also increase glycine. I think amino acids, Jeff, are kind of uh, pretty fascinating. It goes beyond just the typical protein for building muscle, but they really can have pharmacological effects if taken by themselves. You know, you, you probably sure. have some experience with that.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, as, as you know, uh, I've, I've looked into leucine and, 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 and of course, yeah. it's like effects on like building muscle and everything. So I'm, so I'm well aware that individual amino acids... Um, either, either restriction or adding to your diet is going to, you know, uh, add a plus or minus to some system of bodybuilding or health. But I'm actually interested to know what, what like foods, uh, if you know, offhand are, are, I guess, rich in like methionine and, uh, are these, are these foods that are consumed every day in someone's typical diet?
1: Uh, You know, I don't know because I just pulled the study up here and it was obviously it was using uh, rodent, you know, animal models, rodents, basically. And they gave them, um, you know, know, isolated amino acid just to see exactly what happens. Uh, I know methionine is involved, I believe, in the production of SAMe, which also helps to lower um, homocysteine, which I think is, you know, is obviously one of those dangerous biomarkers. Uh, in the blood for heart heart disease, basically, you know, but I'm not really sure exactly what role methionine has. All I know is that they were saying here is that it looks like um, it does increase uh, mitochondrial reactive oxygen species. And so what that means, of course, is that more methionine leads to more free radical damage in the mitochondria, which is a cellular, uh, I guess, powerhouse where you get all your energy from. But glycine and serine were shown to lower levels of methionine, which is kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, you know, everything is like a balance.
2: Uh, you know, I I, I and like this is very interesting. Whenever you I you know isolate and 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 amino acid even when it comes to L-glutamine, which, you know, you get certain people who are just addicted to it and they don't realize yeah. that it can actually screw up. You know, it it actually can screw up the uh, you know, certain aspects of the uh of the citric acid cycle, which will lead to fat storage if you if you take you know if you take it too much in excess. But um, I think that a balance of the amino acids actually uh, help to balance and regulate different hormones and different systems in your body. And people people don't get that. Uh, you know, I, I I think that you probably need to tell people that you know just just because if this study came out on on um, methionine doesn't necessarily mean that you want to inhibit it because you just <laughs> mentioned a couple of beneficial things it might actually do. And uh, yeah. you know so.
1: Again, this is way too early to make any kind of conclusions. I'm just bringing this up. Just Again, as you know, Jeff, I want this show to be like a smorgasbord of data going out there because guys like and girls like you and I will be taking notes, and it will be registering in our heads. So later on, of course, we can put the piece of the puzzle together to have a better life. As you know, right, Jeff? Blending mind, body, and spirit, knowledge on all three levels. I think a lot of the people out there, what I'm gathering, are like us. They're sponges for this stuff. And sure. it sinks in. They don't always necessarily get it right away. But what happens is those seeds are planted, and then it comes up in another article they're reading, and boom, they're pulling up data that they don't, didn't realize they had it because they're listening to the show, for example. And all of a sudden, the puzzle's gelling, and their life's improving. And that that that's the cool thing, I think, you know, is that – We can't make any conclusions yet. We'll look into that. Maybe quote back on next week's show. We'll get into a little more. I'll maybe get our resident consultant Dana Hauser to chime in on it as well, and we'll see what uh, what he thinks. You know,
2: sure. And uh, actually, to just go back to something that you say, you know, I don't want to I don't want to gloss over this because you did bring it up. Uh, Yes, you (laughs) did. In fact, give me uh, a a very nice gift of the gabbatrol, and I got to say, I've never tried anything like this, Brian. (laughs) It is very good. That's all I'm going to say, and it felt wonderful, and I probably had the best sleep of my life last night, and I had an amazing focused workout today. Call it placebo effect. I'll take a few more placebos.
1: Yeah, I know, right? Um, And the reason why it works, uh, Jeff, and we'll get into this with our guest too, is that it modulates GABA, which is another amino acid in your brain. It's also a neurotransmitter. It's the chief inhibitory neurotransmitter, meaning that it really promotes uh, relaxation. It helps to promote sleep. Uh, you know, and of course, it decreases stress. And believe it or not, get this, stress is the number one health risk people face today. According to several different uh, agencies like the AMA and the American Psychological Association, stress is the number one health risk people face today. It's a leading indicator of six of the top causes of death so this is serious stuff here that most of us aren't even aware of how much stress impacts our life. So, of course, if you can increase GABA, you can kind of chill out and relax and then kind of get a grip, in a sense, on your life. And hopefully the stress levels go down and cortisol goes down too, of course. Yeah, you know,
2: and like I, I actually have some input. You know, I, I personally think the reason why that like I, I, I felt such an effect from it is that my, my diet, like most people who like to call themselves bodybuilders or gym rats, uh you know have a very a very restrictive diet when it comes to nutrients which is why we have to supplements with you know extra vitamins and maybe take uh you know different sources of different minerals from you know pills because we're not necessarily getting it from the myriad of protein shakes and fish and chicken that we're getting in which is very you know it's 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 like um it's kind of like a narrow spectrum of uh vitamins and nutrients that your body should be getting which is why I have to supplement with vitamin C because I don't necessarily eat as much fruit, you know, fruits and vegetables yeah. as like I should be. So probably, you know, I I I must have been you know def- deficient in some of these neurotransmitters because the second, I mean, probably within like 20 or 30 minutes I started to feel an effect and I I'm, I'm I'm telling you like I had no dreams or anything, but I just had a restful sleep that when I woke up I felt ready to go. So you know, I think that that's something to look at. You know, in terms of supplementation, you know, look at your diet, and uh, you know, if you have a diet that's already fortified in certain things, maybe you won't get this type of effect if you add certain other nutrients. So, you know, I, I I I don't I don't want to put it out there that uh, hey, this is a miracle drug. Come and buy it. It's it's not a miracle, but I but I can tell you that I was deficient in something and I felt a kick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm glad to hear that, Jeff. I mean, uh, you definitely hit it right the nail on the head there as far as, uh, you know, GABA promoting relaxation, as far as uh, your diet and how it can affect it. The reason why, Jeff, just so you know, that when we're stressed out, we can't just rebuild our neurotransmitters um, with our diet is because there's a protective membrane called the blood brain barrier that actually is a rate limiting mechanism for uh, nutrient, I guess, uh, transport into the brain. And because of that, that's why a lot of times, you know, when we get stressed out, we burn up serotonin and GABA in a sense and we're like why can't we rebuild it fast enough because we're just our bodies weren't designed our evolutionary history again I'm really into like the paleo or anthropological perspective uh, on how we evolved because our 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 normal environment was one where we had just episodic periods of stress it wasn't the chronic stress most of us are facing today actually it's almost like we're under so much stress today most of us take it for granted it becomes the new norm but it's really toxic because our bodies are not equipped to deal with this and this is yeah. why, you know, we have like this, again, stress being the number one killer today, basically leading to, I mean, how many guys out there, i tell you one thing, dude, I'm lucky. I self-medicate by going to the gym without a doubt. If I don't work sure. out, man, it is so, again, you know, getting in the zone, that, that zone is a meditative zone, believe it or not, that a lot of us get into, um, you know, that is such a therapeutic thing for me. And if I don't get that, some kind of activity without a doubt, I notice that my stress levels go through the roof a lot of times.
2: You know uh, Brian certain people say you have an obsession if you uh, if, if, if you made the statement you just said, uh, which is that if you don 't work out, you feel like that you don 't feel one hundred percent like yourself as a matter of fact. <laughs> I was reading an article that I sent you <laughs> by a, by a particular author the um, name is Diane Stressing, who seems to be stressing out over exercise. And, um, it was an article that, uh, again, Dave Palumbo, who I'm just going to plug all the time, Palumbo Palumbo, um, he posted (laughs) on the RX Muscle forums. (laughs) And the article title was Exercise Addiction, Healthy Habit or Obsession. And, you know, I, it's, it's, it's a very easy to read quick article. And I'm not going to go over the entire thing, but I mean, just, just to make it very, very brief. Um, just, it's, it's, if you, if you read the article, she's, she's talking about, uh, and, and this is a direct quote. It says about 10% of high-performance runners and bodybuilders may be addicted to their labor of love. So my, my response to that is that 99% of all statistics are 100% false, okay? <laughs> because musicians, musicians who learn an instrument, like in my case, it would be the drums, you got to be somewhat obsessed. You have to set aside a time. You have to make sure that you're going to be devoted to your craft for one or two hours a day. And pretty much when you want to learn how to do this, you have to plan your life around it, okay? Baseball players, you got to be obsessed. I mean, if you want to do better with something, then you pretty much have to kind of like get in there and do it, right? So yeah. my, 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 my basic problem with this and like the whole premise of that exercise being an addiction is there's, there's, there's so many other things that I can think of. Off the top of my head, I believe that a true addiction is when you have a person who sits on their fat, lazy ass all day and they watch TV. That's an addiction, you're addicted to the tube. You're addicted to sitting on your couch. You're addicted. You make that time to sit there. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, no I doubt. I, you know, why aren't there articles written about television? Why aren't there articles written about, I don't know, having an addiction to work? Yeah, and, you know, well, she's, workaholics she's, exactly. Exactly. So, they, I, you know, whenever I see articles like this, and you know, I did, I did a little background search on her too, and she happens to love hiking, and some would say that she's addicted to hiking. I think that she like was talking about hiking. 60 miles within 60 mile radius of some 60 degree, whoever knows, whatever. But you know what? I applaud her for doing that. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about articles that seem to always demonize working out and like exercise.
1: Uh, I mean, it's an interesting concept without a doubt. I mean, uh, you know, obviously she's picking on something else that maybe she can't relate to. Because she can relate to hiking. And so for her, maybe she would never look at her own, I guess, addiction, like you said. She, I think you actually yeah, sent me an article about her saying, I did it because it was there. That's the reason why I climbed this mountain <laughs> right. or something like that, you know. And then I wrote back to you and I said, you know, Jeff, uh, to be alive is to be addicted. I mean, literally, we, all of us are addicted to breathing. I mean, I know it sounds like, well, breathing comes natural. But I've had teachers who could actually stop breathing. And they've proven to me that on some level... Uh, fear, in a sense, drives everything. Fear drives living, I believe it or not. It really does in a very deep metaphysical sense. And so the question is, Jeff, is that which beliefs, uh, which which addictions does society approve of, right? I got a friend who's who's a crack addict and I told him, listen, there's nothing wrong with you killing yourself on crack. Just because people tell you it's wrong, that's the societal bullshit. The truth is, is that I'm in the gym killing myself, only that I kill myself slower so I can pay more taxes and I can work (laughs) longer and I can have two kids. So society says that my work addiction or my addiction to violence and being a good soldier, you know, like I'm a Marine... That's a good addiction because you serve the larger context of the group. But if you're a crack addict, no, because you're not going to pay taxes on crack, or as an example, right? You're not going to be able to work. We don't like those addictions. So the truth is, is that no addiction is neither good nor bad. It's just a matter of, I guess, in a sense, how society defines what good and bad is. And I happen to think that, you know, working out, Jeff, or being healthy – it is an addiction to some degree, without a doubt, dude. I, I definitely admit that I'm definitely, uh, you know, but it's, for me, it's a functional addiction that without it, I think I'd be far worse off, to tell you the truth. I really do.
2: I, 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 I agree with you. It's just, you know, when, when, when uh, people use the word addiction, usually it's to demonize something. You know, you know obviously, you know, that yes. they're not going to say, well, you are addicted to being a, a, a philanthropist. So, you know, you know no, one, no one ever, you know, write an, write an article about how generous you are.
3: Uh, you know, or like you know,
2: having that be an addiction, and so that you know, it, it's it's just fascinating to me. But I I can completely understand your point, and I, I do agree that everything that we do in life, to a certain extent, is one driven by fear, and two, we are addicted yeah. to something.
1: Yeah, that's that's the big thing, I think, is just to realize, uh, you know, how do you balance your addictions? That's really what it comes down to, you know? And, uh, you know, just because, I, do I win the game of life because I'm down here for 80 years and I had three kids and I paid my taxes? Society right, right. says, I do, right? But, you know, if my friend goes out into the woods and he finds nirvana with, with some crack and overdoses, I mean, he may cram more qual. who the fuck can say, pardon my French, really, <laughs> the quality of a quantity, who can say, you know, I mean, we know people that are like rocks, right? They're basically brain dead. They're existing in society as like automatons in a sense. You know, if someone were to go out into the woods and like, you know, overdose on crack, for example, who can say that you couldn't cram the quality of a lifetime into that experience maybe or something as an example, right? There's a movie about a kid that went off to find himself in Alaska. He ends up dying in the back of a bus from eating the wrong kind of mushroom or something like that. And, you know, it's like, who can say that, that that wasn't a good life I mean it really comes down to your own personal experience because when in the end of the, of the road Jeff, society isn't there to tell you whether you're good or bad or right or wrong it's really you and that experience with whatever you want to call that the matrix or, or transcendence whatever the hell that you want to call that you know that really determines it
2: I could not agree more I wish I could I wish I could put it more eloquent but I can't Brian.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of like metaphysics and all this kind of stuff, I want to kind of touch upon uh, movies and all this because Jeff, I know you and I both, both are a big fan of movies, and especially superheroes and stuff. Um, yeah. I Number one, as far as superheroes, there is a book. I got to thank the question of the week came from a guy, Roddy O'Connor. The guy's got a PhD in physiology. This is the kind of caliber of, of people, Jeff, that I'm getting writing to me. Actually, a lot of really smart guys in school into biochemistry. Um, I want to thank Roddy O'Connor for his contribution here. I'm going to send him a free bottle of my stress and anxiety product, Gabitrol, of course. Just send me your uh, address, Roddy. But he was saying about Deepak Chopra and his son have a new book out called The Spiritual Laws of Superheroes, <laughs> wow. which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. You know, So if anybody wants to read it, it got a lot of good reviews on Amazon.com, believe it or not. Uh, I'll briefly get into some of it right here, just the seven laws, so you can kind of like maybe just think about it, plant some seeds. Superheroes embody seven uh, immutable laws, which I guess basically means that they're, they're timeless. And, uh, you know, this is something that we all probably really aspire to, I think, is to be, in a sense, Jeff, right? Godlike, to have the power to not only lift 700 pound deadlift, but how about to move a mountain, right? Or to, sure. to transcend fear. I mean, I know, I mean, you know, it's like you and I were talking about arguing, and I was saying how you could use like emotional Aikido to parlay your enemies, your opponents' energy and not hurt them, but, you know, offer them, in a sense, love and compassion. You know, I do remember reading a story of some Indian guru whose wife died, I'm sorry, not him, but one of his students' wives died in his uh, ashram. And the guy was like blaming him because, you know, he made them do all these hardcore spiritual practices. So the guy breaks into the, um, I guess the guy's apartment or house, whatever you want to call it, with a sword. And he's running at the guy to kill him. And this guru guy just like opens his arms and welcomes, you know, him with complete compassion. And the guy falls down, of course, and starts crying. You know, it's probably kind of a typical story, but it is very powerful though, right? I mean, you know, another only guy called Jesus did the same thing, man. He was like, you know, you can't you can't kill me. You can you know, I transcend this matrix. So, you know, it's just amazing how you can embrace the inevitability of your mortality in a sense, right? And that's, I think, the kind of power we're all going for. And I mean, really, to a certain degree, like I said before, working out, Jeff, and trying to get power and strength, there really is something deeper we're striving for, right? It's that power to transcend our own mortality in a way. I really think it sounds crazy, but I think it's so true. And this book kind of shows this, and these guys are talking about that, so let me just read this off to you, Jeff, quickly, and you can uh, you can opine. Uh, the seven laws are the law of balance, the law of transformation, the law of power, the law of love, the law of creativity, the law of intention, and, of course, the law of transcendence. Uh, so those are the seven laws. Now, there's some cool things here this guy was talking about in his review. Uh, He's the superhero buff. He goes, superheroes like Silver Surfer, they don't just tap into the qualities of higher consciousness. They embody them. Like the great prophets, their selflessness comprises the highest ideal that we value as a civilization. When they look upon the world and everyone in it, they see themselves and ask, how can I make things better? Superheroes don't have to solve all of life's mysteries because they are life's mysteries. With their knowledge, they learn to do less and accomplish more and ultimately do nothing and accomplish everything. And this is exactly what Jeff and I have been talking about with all these movies, right, Jeff, with uh, Jet Li and Hero, where he, in the end, he does nothing and he transforms a a freaking nation. Or even something as simple as uh, Kevin Costner Dances with Wolves, the guy who's going to die, he gets on the horse, he opens his arms, he lets go of his life the soldiers begin shooting at this guy and it was an act of surrender. But in that, I guess you could say his side was able to overcome and accomplish, I guess, defeating the, the enemy, whatever you want to call it, you know? So it's, uh, it's pretty cool stuff, man. It really is, you know?
2: I, I, um, I actually like all those concepts and like, I think that he pretty much embodied it. The one that stands out to me is, you know, of course... Uh, Doing nothing, and 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 like you know, people people hear that and they and they like kind of laugh at it. But uh, you know, I, I'm I'm like thinking of a couple of the superhero movies. Um, you know, one of them that's out there right now, Captain America, and yeah. uh, I I you know I know I know that you saw it first, <laughs> and then and then I saw it uh, probably probably a couple of days after. And um, what I what I noticed about that movie, I don't know I don't, I don't know if you noticed it too, but the action, although it was in there, it seemed to be kind of thrown in because they knew it was a superhero movie. But it really wasn't about the action. Did you notice that?
1: That's a great point. Yeah, I think you're right. It really was. I mean, uh, but you know, it's kind of funny. I mean, you definitely hit upon something there because, you know, the, the metaphor was the guy transforming his life, right? He came Correct. in, he went in a skinny guy and he came out like what society would say is a winner. I'm a big muscular alpha male, you know? Yeah. But mm-hmm. obviously that's just a metaphor, the interior transformation that, that really happened, Right.
2: Well yeah and, and and like another interesting thing and this is spoiling absolutely nothing because this is you know this is inside the trailer and everything but there was a particular person who who, who spoke to him before he made this transformation to Captain America and, he, and, and like he told him he says no matter what happens, you have to remember that you're gonna remain a good man and from the beginning of the movie to the end he was always the same person.
4: Yeah, he was the he exact
2: was. person that he was before he donned the you know, the, the uh, Captain America outfit and then afterwards. And everything he did,
1: he wow, would have done. Great point. Great point. Oh, so, buddy. You know, which again embodies one of – I'm sure it's probably mentioned in this book is that these guys have the utmost humility. There's no ego. There's absolutely right. no ego there at all, buddy. I mean that, you exactly hit the nail on the head. This guy became a god in a sense with his power, but he did not embody it personally. He again was – Again, he gave up the drop and became the ocean. And so, as the ocean, he saw himself and everybody around him. And he went back to save as many people as he could. Right? He was willing to sacrifice everything to save those people, those his his comrades, basically. Yep, that's um, right. In, in in the movie, great, great point, actually. You know,
2: that's hey, why. Buddy, one that's why I'm gonna have to look into this book, man. Uh, what's, what's, what's what's the name
1: of the book again? Oh, the book is the Seven Spiritual Laws of Superheroes yeah, by Deepak Chopra's out. son. And I believe his name is, um, well, Deepak Chopra is one author. I forgot the name of his son, actually. Oh, Gotham. Gotham Chopra. (laughs)
2: That's awesome. He's probably a Batman fan.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I think Gotham, they mentioned this on one of the interviews, actually, that Gotham was uh, a legendary place or something, actually. That's where the word Gotham City came from. Nice. And so Deepak obviously knew this, and he named his son Gotham. So theres it's kind of cool how language does reveal a lot of hidden stuff, you know?
2: And now and now, Gotham is writing a superhero book, so... <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it, 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 it makes sense, right? I mean, of course. Yeah. yeah. So another movie I want to mention, too, I thought it was pretty cool on... Uh, speaking of evolution, uh, Planet of the Apes. Definitely, definitely a oh, must wow. see, Jeff. You got to check check it out yeah yeah
2: I'm, I'm, you see every time you mention a movie I, I, it's 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 on my list and then I'll watch it a couple of days after so now I'll watch it tomorrow
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, there's definitely, it reminds me again of these, you know, spiritual quotes. Like, uh, you know, one thing I've talked about before is this idea of like monkey intelligence or what I call Malthusian intelligence, right? Which is like the intelligence to kind of figure out how to make a mousetrap or how to make a bomb or how to kill more people or how to make a, you know, a technology or whatever. But, you know, there's this intelligence that I call true intelligence. Some people may call it like spiritual intelligence that is so different. It's how to be more compassionate, how to create situations that are not necessarily win-lose, but win-win situations as an example, right? Um, You know, The Wrestler, I think, is a good example. I use that in one of my radio shows with Dave way back when that there was a guy that just you know could not change his life and was willing to go to his death, being who he yep. was. So That's in a right. sense, to me, you know, somebody with true intelligence would never hurt themselves, man. I mean, you hear all of us. God, look at myself in my personal life. It's I'm an embarrassment to myself. You know, I mean, like I am constantly making mistakes and and you know, self deprecating and just like the amount of things that I, that I do. I guess you could say like the uh, the what's the what's the word, Jeff? The inner dialogue, right? That that I berate myself with. It's. I realize this is the enemy. This voice in my head talking to me is the one that I really got to watch out for, not the things outside of me. Actually, you know, and this is again right. why I always say that the best med- uh, med- medication, of course, is meditation, because it really is the beginning of quieting that voice and beginning to realize that the enemy is within.
2: Sure, and 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 you know, once you once you let go of other people's perception of you, I think that's probably the first step to being able to learn how to meditate. You know.
1: It's a big step along the way, without a doubt. Without a doubt. We're going to take a quick break and come right back with our guest. Uh, Once again, this is Quantum Physiques here on RxMuscle.com. I am your host, Brian Cunningham. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick break.
0: Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, body, and spirit. Shaker Pro has designed the most innovative shaker in the fitness and bodybuilding world. Shaker Pro is the only shaker where the powder and liquid are stored separately and mixed together at the exact moment you desire. Mixing occurs in the closed Shaker Pro system. That means no more mess, just a perfect shake, guaranteed. Preparation takes place anytime, anywhere, in the car, at work, or in the locker room no need to transport separate ingredients with you the shaker pro is an all-in-one solution for everyone with an active lifestyle the patented shaker pro chamber system guarantees that the mixing and blending of the ingredients will always produce a perfect shake every time simply twist shake and enjoy find out more about the shaker pro at sportlifecom that's the number four sportlife.com Hydrolyze Ultra, the leader in cellular hydration water. Hydrolyze Ultra water has been designed by shrinking and reshaping molecules to allow a faster and more sustained delivery into your cells. Our cellular water has gone through a magnetism and laser treatment process, along with adding electrolytes to our special ingredients. This allows all nutrients to be absorbed at a maximum cellular state. By using Hydrolyze Ultra, all nutrients, supplements, and carbohydrates you consume will be absorbed at a greater rate. Lactic acid gets flushed faster, and you'll feel full Fully hydrated. Get the advantage that top athletes have achieved. Try Hydrolyze Ultra today. Visit HydrolyzeUltra.com. That's hydrolyzeultra.com. P28 high protein bread is the official bread of RX Muscle. Are you looking to incorporate more protein into your meals or just want to enjoy bread again? Then look no further. Try the 100% natural P28 high protein bread. P28 high protein bread is a formulated revolutionary breakthrough product. Packed with whey protein isolate, 14 grams of protein per slice, 12 grams of carbs, 8 essential amino acids, and made with 100% whole wheat. Fear bread no more build a better body with p28 order today at highproteinbread.com p28 is also now available at bodybuilding.com and many other retailers order now highproteinbread.com p28 bread rx muscle approved RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth. On bodybuilding, diet and exercise, up-to-the-minute news and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, rxmuscleplace. Place. Visit RxMuscle.com.
1: And welcome back to Quantum Physiques. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham, where we strive to build strength and power for mind, body, and spirit. I want to welcome my guest, Don Kersner. Don actually is a close personal friend of both Dave Palumbo and I. Dave, of course, is the uh, the creator of rxmuscle.com. Don was around back when the uh, magazine first began. The RxMuscle website first began back in like 2001, and Don was one of the original, I guess, um, you know, Contributors to its success back then. And he goes way back. He's kind of like a dinosaur in the industry. He actually knows the late Dan Duchesne, who, of course, everybody knows with the Underground Steroid Handbook, uh, with the Body Opus Diet. And that, in particular, caught my attention, Don, because of the fact that our resident uh, expert here, Dana Hauser, who's a medical doctor, is a big fan of Body Opus. I know you've used it successfully to get ready for your shows, so maybe you could just kind of give us some background, uh, Don, and then get into uh, the diet and uh, you know what, what you did.
4: Well, first of all, Brian, I'd like to correct you. You called me a dinosaur in the sport, and I kind of <laughs> prefer to think of myself as uh, the Ron Jeremy of bodybuilding. I'm um, fat, shape, but people still want to talk to me, and I don't really know why. So, um, But now that we've got that cleared up, what was the question?
1: Yeah, well, the question was, number one is, we're going to get into a discussion about diet. Uh, it seems like a lot of people out there, Don, are confused about what the op- best diet is. Uh, for example, a recent uh, post or thread on the RX RxMuscle uh, website, Don, was like, what do you eat today? And people were responding, chicken, fish, Egg whites, oatmeal, and like oh, and um, brown rice as an example, over and over and over again. And so I've commented on numerous occasions that this may be a good diet for getting ready for a show or for dieting. But um, wow. you know, there's a word inside the word diet that people have got to be careful of, and that's die. And I think there's a lot of dieting in diet if you're not careful. You know, because these people are, I think, are macronutrient micronutrient deficient. I'm um, probably even though out of balance with their fatty acid profiles too. And again, you know maybe you can get into some of your dietary uh, explorations, the use of the body opus diet too. If you if you wouldn't mind elaborating on that.
4: No, I I was um, I was competing in uh, bodybuilding for about five years uh, prior to meeting uh, Dan and um, and talking to him a little bit about diet and uh, Shane. I, yeah, Shane, yeah, and uh, my problem. Uh, I was big, you know. I could get big really easy. I think I was like three thirty-five uh, off season, um, but I really couldn't get lean, uh, you know, to where I I was really competitive. Let's say, and um, Dan kind of introduced me to Body Opus, and then actually Dave Palumbo uh, really helped out a lot uh, with my diet. Now, again, you know, I've I've had a, I've uh, trained with a lot of people and actually got people ready for shows that uh, did really good on, uh, either a low calorie diet or a a no fat, low fat type diet. Um, but those types of diets never really worked for me. Um, so I was, uh, I started, uh, with the, uh, body opus type diet, or let's, let's say a high fat, high protein, uh, low carb, no carb type diet, um, after competing for about four years. Um, and once I did that, uh, I got much much better results. Um, uh, many people have great success with low calorie type diets, and and I'm not saying that there's no place for that in bodybuilding. But uh, actually, Dave uh, David Palumbo eats low carb pretty much all the time. You know what he looks like. I mean, he's a he's a freak of nature. Um, but uh, so when I started doing that, I, I was more just uh, it was interesting too because I, David. Uh, You know, I don't know if you've ever gone out to eat with Dave, but he eats like seven McDonald's cheeseburgers and uh, one bun, you know. And (laughs) that blew me away, you know. It's like, really, how can you eat this crap and look like that? And, uh, he, you know, he actually said, you know, why don't you try it? And uh, at one point we actually discussed doing a book called The Junk Food Diet because I was getting ready for a show and I was opening a new gym and I didn't have time to eat at all. And so what I was doing is going to all these uh you know McDonald's uh, uh Taco Bell whatever and uh eating the food that was available you know there because it was it was fast it was easy and I, like I said I was opening a gym I didn't have time to cook and so on and so forth and uh I mean I was I was really getting lean fast from uh those types of those types of foods and um you know so there's again it depends I I think it's got a lot to do with the individual uh, makeup of uh, the person's body, but uh, uh, I can tell you that my experience with actually most of the people that I've helped diet for shows uh, was that on a high-fat, uh, high-protein, low-carb type diet, they did fantastic. Um, the other thing is that it seems that your body is very muscle-sparing uh, in that type of diet. It's a it's a ketogenic diet, actually, Brian, and I'm sure you're familiar with those. Sure. Uh and then uh I guess the big thing is to make sure that you actually make it into ketosis. I, I've also had people that, you know, if you're eating fat and protein together and uh then your cheat would of course be carbs. And so if you get a guy who's who's a guy or girl who's cheating uh on a high fat high protein diet with carbs, you could imagine the outcome is a little different. Um, you know, they start to blow up like a balloon. So uh you have to be very uh very stringent on the diet, make sure you don't cheat. Um, but it works It works surprisingly well for many people.
1: Yeah, no, I'm sure it does. Obviously, Dave's built uh, a success on this theory, um, you know, but uh, of course, there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of data. Here's the thing, Don, I think that when you get into the science, it really does get kind of confusing because there is, I guess you might say, I'm not sure if the right word is pleotrophy, which means basically how human beings can express there's genetic heritage. I think that we are a very malleable creature uh, able to adapt to a wide variety of diets. And so a lot of people um, don't do well on the high-fat, high-protein diet. And there is a lot of studies out there, of course, showing that these types of diets can be, in a sense, toxic long-term. You know, I mean, uh, there, there is some downside to having too much fat, as an example, in your diet. Um, you know, not only with, with triglyceride levels and all that kind of stuff, too, but it does affect hormones and everything. Um, you know, and then again, it's the quality. I mean, I know, for example, Dave, now I've, I've been told, eats like two Angus burgers and french fries when he's on the road. You know, and that really is something to me, I would definitely say is kind of like unhealthy still. So uh, there's still definitely a lot of controversy out there. I don't think it's as clear cut as, you know, here's my model of diet and this should work for everybody. Uh, because I do right. know people like, uh, what's their names, guys like um, the, the Dean Ornish as an example. And there's other guy out there who does uh, the high carbs. These guys have yeah. thousands of successful people uh, losing weight on these high-carb grain, even grain-based diets. And I'm not a big fan of grains at all. But it's just right. funny that there are there are always going to be a certain element of the population that will respond, I guess, to a- any kind of dietary discipline. It looks like, you know. Do you have an opinion on I, that?
4: I think if you cut out any of the macronutrients, you're going to get some kind of a result, you know. Um, but again, my 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 experience with. Uh, you know, high carb diets and low uh, calorie diets uh, was really dismal. I mean, I would lose weight for you know a couple six eight weeks, and then that was the end of it. And uh, and it just there was really nothing I, I could cut my calorie. You know, I was you know let's say two hundred and ninety pounds eating a thousand calories a day and not losing any weight at all. You know, just lethargic, yeah. looked horrible, flat. Um, and then when I went into the uh, and you know I, I understand the uh, there's a, I mean, obviously it's a controversial diet. Um, but if you think about it, it's also kind of a natural, uh, diet. I mean, if you, um, if you, if you were, let's say you and I were running around in our loincloths, which again is a, a beautiful thought for me, um, <laughs> but we were in, uh, we were in, um, Alaska or, you know, let's say Wisconsin of all places. And, uh, you know, you've, you've got to deal with seasonality. And, and at some point there's going to be, uh, you know, snow on the ground and, uh, the only food sources that would be available to us, um, would be the animals that were around us. And in that scenario, then the only, uh, nutrients you're going to get are, are fat and protein. Um, if you're eating the, if let's say that you're hunting and eating what you, you catch, um, all carnivores, carnivores eat their, their prey from the outside in. So the first thing you're eating is the fat, um, and, uh, and then the protein. And, uh, you know, there is a, there is a, uh, your body does have the ability to cope with that. And again, that's ketosis. Um, and in a ketogenic diet, if you lower your fat intake, you'll actually stop losing weight, um, which also makes sense because if the animals around you were, had low fat or low body fat, that would indicate to your, I, I would think, uh, would indicate to your system that, uh, times are tough and it was time to shut down your, uh, your, um, and, you know, you uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you're, thyroid? Uh, yeah, your thyroid and slow down slow down your processes to try to make it through to the next size. size the metabolism, know. sure. Right. And so, um, you know, again, my my uh, experience with uh, ketogenic type diets is that uh, I sleep less, so I've got more energy, um, strong, you know, sh- sharp, witty uh, not you know when I dieted on a low uh, a low fat uh, low uh, cali- uh, you know low caloric intake type diet I was lethargic uh, you know it was very very difficult to maintain you know a job and all that kind of stuff at the end of those diets and my outcome was you know dismal um, in all honesty I had no concern whatsoever for my my health I was absolutely just concerned with uh, looking good and competing um, uh, or looking good for the purpose of competing. But, uh, along the way, I also had, you know, my, my blood work done and, uh, you know, my, my triglycerides weren't through the roof. My, uh, cholesterol was, wasn't through the roof, you know? Um, but again, it might be that my, that's my genetic makeup and that, that's what works for me. I'm, I'm actually like, uh, uh, an endomorph or, uh, And, you know, so it's, it may have something to do with that and uh, it may have something to do with, uh, you know, who knows. What do you think, Brian?
1: Well, I mean, I definitely think myself personally, I've always uh, been a pretty, um, you know, I'm very loose on my carbs, put it that way. And I've really, uh, until recently, I've never gotten fat in my life. I've always had pretty much had a six pack. So my own personal experience has been is just that it's the level of activity that dictates. I mean, again, if you are someone who's pretty active, uh, maybe you're doing like a nine to five construction type of work. And then there's no way you're going to live, I think, Don, uh, successfully on a uh, on a low carb diet because you're just burning up so much You know, the amount of, I guess, calories or the amount of, I guess, sugar you need to to keep going is going to be really tough, I think, on a ketogenic diet. You know, I think some of these populations that live in high fat, high protein, like the Eskimos, I don't exactly look at them as being, um, you know, healthy. I mean, they're kind of fat people themselves. And also, I do believe there's some evidence that they have had heart disease before as well. I'm not sure about that. I'm just, we're getting into the whole China study debate. I know there was some, uh, you know, spurious data there. I really can't speak as an authority on that, but I'm just not quite sold on how healthy long-term. Again, too, one thing that Dr. Scott Cowley would talk about is uh, the Lewis and Clark expedition as an example of proving how healthy, uh, I guess, a high-fat, high-protein diet is to some degree. But, you know, Don, one thing you got to keep in mind is that these were wild animals that were eating their natural uh, diet, so their meat was more natural, uh, I guess, in a sense as well. We, of course, now are being poisoned by industrial farming, which is just basically— Genetically modified, uh, you know, organisms, both crops and uh, animals as well, that are pumped full of all kinds of chemicals to to maximize profits or to maximize the quantity over quality. Without a doubt, these things have significant downstream effects on our health. Of course, one simple example is just the lack of omega-3 fatty acids, the lack of conjugated linoleic acid, as an example, in uh, regular beef as opposed to grass-fed beef, for example. Right? Oh. The um, the amount of um, I think it's PCPs or there is some type of industrial toxin that is very high in farm salmon uh, that you don't get near as much in wild salmon as an example, too. These, these are toxins, again, that can act in synergistic ways with other toxins. We're not even really sure yet. Um, and that can cause all kinds of problems. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty complex issue. And there may not be a simple answer, unfortunately, for my listeners.
4: Right, I I agree. I would like to mention that my wife is a fat ass, so I'm a little offended by your uh, <laughs> comment. In any case, um, you know, again, my my situation is is I understand where you're coming from, and I and I and I and I, and I neither agree or disagree. Um, you know, as far as the, the health benefits or or lack thereof in a in a ketogenic diet, uh, my my uh, my experience with that type of diet is more for the purpose of bodybuilding. Um, you know, but I guess uh, uh, I think that, you know, one of the programs that you should probably watch and you could learn a lot from is Dancing with the Stars. Um, because they're all <laughs> ketogenic diet and they all look great. So right there. You know? You know what I'm saying, Brian, right?
1: Yeah, Sarah Pell's daughter look 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 great, that's for sure.
4: <laughs> yeah, well you um, know what I've been I've been trying to get on that show for a while, but apparently it's, I don't it doesn't look good.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, I don't want to go off on a tangent here and uh, Jeff's going to have to cut me back here. But uh, speaking of Sarah Palin and the instability in our economy today, the Dow is down over 600 points. Now, people may say, what the hell does this have to do with bodybuilding? But I'm telling you, man, if things keep going the way they're going... It has a lot to do because you won't be able to afford your gym membership. You won't be able to afford your protein powder. So this has a lot to do with what's going on. And again, guys, it's all about the puzzle and putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Now, Don and I were talking before the show about how scary it is. Don, I've actually encouraged my listeners several weeks ago, even maybe several months ago, to buy gold and silver. Uh, silver, just so you know, since I've actually recommended that, has gone from about 34 up to 40 $40 an ounce. And gold has gone from roughly fifteen hundred or so an ounce up to over seventeen hundred dollars in the past two months alone. These are astronomical numbers, guys. And again, if you can afford anything, I'm telling you, just a little bit of an insurance policy or a plan B is buy some precious metals just in case this whole kitten kaboodle falls apart.
4: Well, I think Done. more important than that, we should, I think more important than that, we should all you know hedge uh, you know on this economy because I mean the truth is if we if we don't have money. We're not going to be able to afford to buy your supplements, and if that were to happen, Brian, you'd probably be forced to go onto a fast food type diet. At which point, yeah. you probably wouldn't weight. You wouldn't have abs anymore. And I, I got to be honest with you, I think that'd be the, uh, the greatest loss for the whole country.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Don, you make you a good point actually, because it's unfortunate <laughs> that it actually is the poor people out there that tend to live at McDonald's. And again, our country is literally falling apart at the seams. The seams being, of course, the waistline because people are eating so much inexpensive food because they can't afford to buy high quality food, and this is really costing all of us quite a lot of money. I think Don. So it's kind of funny how we're able to weave politics and humor into a bodybuilding show that all really is very relevant. Actually, I think that uh, we all need to be really careful about what, what the future holds.
4: Well, and I think the other, you know, there's no stopgap. You know, I mean, if, if there's the only thing that's available to most people, uh, like you were saying, is is these. Uh, genetically altered beef you know uh, for instance uh you were talking about angus you know i've got a friend that's a a um, uh, inspector he's a meat inspector and he said he would never ever eat angus beef and i asked him why that was and he said angus beef is old beef all the all the cows that they use for angus beef are are, are relatively old and uh because of that they have more uh issues with uh, inflammation inflammation and cancer and so on and so forth um and actually, Man, the, guy who's a, the guy that's a meat inspector won't eat anything except uh, uh, grass-fed beef that he buys from the local farmers.
1: No kidding. He,
4: yeah, he won't buy. He won't. Yeah, he said if you saw the inflammation, and uh, you know, I mean, he did say that they're they're pretty diligent. You know, we all have this this thought of uh, beef inspectors. You know, standing around smoking cigarettes and and uh, you know with their iP- iPhones on. You know, watching TV and all the dead cows going by. But he said actually that. I, I don't know where they came up with it, but anyway, he said actually that's not how it is at all. He said they are pretty, pretty uh, conscientious, and they they really do try to screen out anything bad. But he said the amount of uh, inflammation and and uh, again cancer and and all the, you know uh, just horrible diseases that they see um, these animals go through with, and and what is actually allowed to go through and into the into the um, American diet is 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 very questionable and uh sure. the fact that a, a uh, he's actually a uh, a meat inspector and uh uh travels you know all over to do this and um he will have nothing to do with meat that's that you buy at uh, the local grocery store or walmart or whatever um uh, that kind of tells you right there that we should probably as people that are somewhat health conscious be looking for alternative uh Places to, to buy our food, you know, because I yeah, I, I, no, definitely, I would Without have to that. imagine that these, these uh, corporations don't have our best interests in mind, you know.
1: No, they don't. They don't. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's a, Don, you, you raised some great points there. I want to thank you for those for those thoughts. You know, uh, just, I just reminded myself of uh, this guy uh, from Baskin Robbins. Uh, John Robbins, I think his name is, wrote Die for a New America. And I believe he went out and documented uh, some of the things going on in the slaughterhouses. And um, the statistics are really pretty grim out there. Number one, it's one of the most dangerous jobs. And again, I'm not seeing them at the meat inspectors. These, these are the guys that actually work in the slaughterhouses themselves. It's a very dangerous job. A lot of uh, very dangerous, heavy equipment that that can that can cut people and kill people and maim people. And uh, also, the, the job itself is so disparaging or so depressing because you're basically killing animals all day. And a lot of them, I guess, in a sense, you know, it does wreak havoc on the mind, and so they've documented, you know, a lot of mental illness or serious conditions with these people where they actually start even sometimes torturing the animals and stuff. Like, you know, if if a pig, for example, is squealing too much, they'll, I mean, I heard one specific case where, like, you know, one of the guys was, like, rubbing salt in an open wound with this pig because, of course, they're getting irritated by these animals, and so they, they end up reacting as animals themselves to some degree, so... You know, it's kind of work. I wonder on a metaphysical level if this negative energy, in a sense, right? These adrenal hormones, uh, all the different chemicals, these nefarious chemicals, uh, to some degree are not rendered uh, inert during the cooking process. I kind of think to some degree now, there seems to be more and more evidence that the quality of your food really does affect the quality of of your life and of your body's health, actually. And so, again, you know, my, my thing is. Is that you're better off paying a little bit more money for high higher quality food. You're better off cooking it a little bit less because it's higher quality. It's cleaner. I mean, I eat my meat raw, Don. Just so you know, I buy grass fed beef from uh, you know, Dave's a big fan of U.S. Wellness Meats. I know the guy. His name is John, the farmer personally unbelievable guy of, of unbelievable character and integrity. Um, you know, he, he really nurses those cattle and treats them with all kinds of, you know, respect uh, until the end. And that meat, you can basically, you can just, you can eat it raw. I mean, I do pan sear it and then it's raw on the inside, but it's uh, a phenomenal quality actually. And I really think that you're right, that there are, um, you know, there is a the big push there's a lot of evidence to me pointing in the direction of people i guess in a sense buying higher quality food uh for a lot of different reasons you know don
4: right no i agree i agree and uh you know i think that uh again the fact that the meat inspectors won't eat it and that most of the people that work at those places uh have a, have issue with eating it and um You know, so I think it's definitely something, you know, I mean, again, uh, there's a lot of documentation now that, you know, like I'm sure you've seen the the movie Food, Inc. and uh, some of the other other programs that are similar. Um, There's so much information out there now to to really help you make better food choices. Um, And, again, uh, I don't know that, you know, the hormone levels and so on and so forth. I mean, I I understand what you're saying. I don't know how that... uh, if there's ever yeah, ever been any studies uh to that effect, but it would make sense that since you are what you eat, I mean we've heard that our whole life. Um and, you know, again, uh the situation in those slaughterhouses is, is definitely not uh they're not paying any respect to the animals that are giving their lives so you can eat, you know. Which yeah uh, it sounds like you go hug a tree, but it's you know, nevertheless it's that's you know, it's a fact, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. The, oh. the, the average person doesn't realize it. A cow really doesn't come shrink wrapped and and in a freezer. You know, they they really right. don't give it any, any thought to the fact that those animals are how they're being treated or where they came from, and so on and so forth. And more importantly, you know how they were how they were fed. Um, you know, again, with uh, I mean, there is there is some evidence to say that if if there's a lot of inflammation in the in the meat that you're eating, that those inflammatory problems carry through to you. And again, with these corn fed. Uh, cows and what have you. I mean, it's, it's an issue, you know.
1: Well, I mean, you so, know, on a very simplistic level, Don, I mean, there's some good science behind this because, you know, inflammatory biomarkers like homocysteine and C-reactive protein, those are actual proteins, you know, and there's really no guarantee they're going to be. I was a big fan when I was younger of the whole idea that, yeah, well, I cook it. I'm cooking everything out of it. But, you know, for example, uh, those two inflammatory proteins Um, May not be cooked out. The process of rendering, which we all know, of course, is feeding dead animals, basically like, you know, offal, back to the cattle. These cattle are not designed to eat dead animals. And so that increases the propensity of these altered proteins called prions. That cannot right. be cooked out. They can't be. They, you can't even autoclave a prion out of a, out of a surgical tool. There's no way you're going to cook it out of the meat. Um, and of course, this leads to what's called Creutzfeldt-Jacob Kreutz, disease or mad cow disease. Of course, yeah. um, these are the other reasons for concern. But definitely, you know, one thing too. Speaking of uh, of you know what they do that, is, that is, I guess is unethical. Um, one of my clients had a farm, and, and she knows that a lot of the big farmers they put tremblone in their cattle. Now tremblone is the Steroid. A lot of bodybuilders know about it because uh, you know it's a pretty powerful uh, steroid. It helps to increase muscle mass. Um, you know, it's a powerful androgen. Uh, in cattle, it helps to improve. Muscle basically it helps them to gain weight. Now, whether that weight is fat or or, or, or muscle, I really can't say. But the process of these um, injections, or to inject these pellets into the cow's ear, and they have tools for that. But what these farmers are doing, actually, what these industrial farms are doing, is they're actually injecting it into the into the neck because they're uh-huh. getting um, a higher concentration released into the bloodstream. And of course, the cattle are gaining weight faster. But of course, then you're also getting higher quantities of these. You know metabolites of trembolone, and who knows exactly what they do. But I bet you, to some degree, there probably is some questionable uh, safety data going on there, as far as if they're good for us or not. You know, so there's a lot of reasons why I think you'd want to start uh, looking at. Getting involved with buying local, number one, right? Maybe like trying to find local farms, go to local farmers markets, support local business uh, and trying to find, I guess, ethically uh, grown food, be it vegetables um, and, uh, and animals, whether it be chickens, milk. Again, I'm a big raw milk fan, raw meat fan. I definitely encourage people to start looking at this and then taking this issue seriously. I think it could be a big component of any diet that you, that you choose.
4: Absolutely. And you so, you're, what, you're, what you're really trying to tell me is, I should start putting the pellets in my neck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're already <laughs> pretty fat, buddy. I think yo. Know, I me mean, first of all, with you, being a dinosaur, slaughterhouse is right around the corner for you, anyway, So, uh, I your your past your past pellets in your neck. You know, you may want to put some pellets right. in your brain because you got too much. You don't get too much gray matter in your brain, but uh, that's another there's, issue. There's, you know. Um,
4: I've been trying to get inflammation going on in other places. And that hasn't yeah. worked either. So.
1: <laughs> well, the inflammation in other places is because you're excited to be talking to me. I'm sure that's why. <laughs> yeah.
4: That is true. That is that is. I'm, I'm actually quite. Actually, I'm watching videos of you while I'm talking to you. Yeah. And uh, and I, I got to be honest with you. I'm turgid right now.
1: No. Yeah. Sure. So. Uh, You know, just a quick thing about, um, you know, you and Dave and the magazine and stuff. It's pretty amazing to see where the site's come in the past uh, 10 years. So I know that it was kind of uh, inert there for a number of years. And then I guess Dave and John Romano picked it up. And now you have this new leadership with Jeff, of course. uh, And the the site's grown, Don, just so you know, to over 61,000 active members. It's pretty impressive, man, how the site's become a a hub of bodybuilders. And now also, I think, quantum physique pursuers, too. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think we had sixty-one readers actually when we were making the <laughs> actually printing the magazine. Actually, the ma- the magazine was—I thought it was really good. Of course, I I probably am uh, the wrong person to ask since I I was a you know I was working on it all the time. But uh, the, I thought the magazine was was quite you know was really actually a, a good magazine. I've been uh, watching uh, some of Dave's uh, stuff on uh, on the internet, and I think it's you know obviously Dave's got a great sense of humor. Um, and I don't know, you know, for the people that have met him, they know he's very warm, uh, very approachable, easy easy guy to talk to, easy to get along with. Um, so I think it's I think it's just Dave's nature to uh to have uh you know, a following of some sort. And then uh, you know, let's face it, people are interested in uh you you get both you know, you get both sides. You get the people that are interested in uh in just health and well being and, and maybe doing a little bit better with their uh their physiques and uh, Dave is obviously somebody that can give you a lot of information on how to do that. And then there there, is, there are other people that come there to see the freak show, and there's definitely a freak show going on as well. So, um, but uh, yeah, Dave, uh, Dave and I have known lo- known each other a long time. We've kind of not talked much recently. Uh, he's he's always you know he's always got like 14 businesses uh, going, but um, uh, you know he's a, he's a great guy and. And I enjoyed working with him quite a bit. It was a lot of fun. Um, we uh, we I had the opportunity to go to a lot of the different shows. Uh, we had booths at you know a bunch of the shows. We had uh, <coughs> excuse me. We had a lot of people stop by. Uh, Tazzy Coleman was there. Um, uh, just you know a lot of uh, a lot of the people that we featured in the magazine. Uh, we did some stuff on MMA. Um, so That's it, right. Uh,
1: it was- well, Phil, Ber- Phil Baroni was back then. Remember that? I'm mean, actually met Phil back then, hanging out at the Arnold Classic with you guys. And uh, you know, Don's a big joker, and unfortunately, you need a really thick skin to hang out with Don because he'll definitely uh, he'll rag on you pretty bad. And I think you actually pissed off, uh, yeah, you, know, Phil, you know, Phil, Phil, oh. the, Phil the fighter Baroni a little bit, didn't you?
4: <laughs> first of all, let me say that Phil is a sweetheart. Um, he's a great guy. I love him. Uh, I certainly didn't mean to upset him. Um, he's a real, and it was just the weirdest thing, Brian. I, Phil had uh, photos of um, of himself uh, either before or right after a fight that he had won, and he was signing autographs, and you know people were coming up and talking to him, and but at the time he was signing autographs, he was he was like off season, he wasn't preparing for a fight or anything, and so he was a little heavier. Uh, not out of shape, but just a little heavier than he was in the photo. And uh, so I kept telling people, uh, you know, that that was really, I kept pointing at the picture and saying, you know, this is really him. And uh, apparently what's happened is he's disfigured himself with French fries, and uh, we're trying <laughs> to help him get back to where he was before. So this was going on for a couple hours, and we're laughing, and Phil's <laughs> having fun, and you know, there's, there people up you know, we're getting along great, and it was like, I, I just, I still can't believe it, it was like I flipped the switch. And, uh, all of a sudden Phil Baroni was not happy with me at all. So we went from giggling and hugging each other to, you know, he wanted to kill me. And, uh, so then he, he actually went and approached Dave Palumbo and said, uh, he said, do you think I can take him? And Dave said, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, do you think I can beat that guy up? He's an asshole. And, uh, and Dave says, geez, I don't know, Phil, but I don't, I don't think you should give it a try. You know, Phil's a, a really tough kid uh He probably could beat me up, so thank God Dave talked him out of it but um i don't what is Phil what do you think Phil weighs uh under two hundred pounds don't you think
1: well, now he's like one eighty five yeah he's one eighty five now Don, just so you know
4: yeah one eighty five or something and i at that time, I was like again I was like three thirty so but uh phil Phil was definitely game he was gonna he was gonna beat the shit out of me, and um, And then I tried to apologize to him, you know, I'm like, geez, so I really, and I did, I I sincerely felt horrible, you know what I mean? Because he was really upset, and I was just, like, trying to apologize to him, and uh, he would have none of it, and uh, so I think the next day, finally, we kind of, we kind of were on speaking terms, but, uh, yeah, that's how I almost died at the, the Arnold, at the hands of uh, Phil Baroni. So, was that what was the Arnold.
1: The funny thing is, Don, I want to ask you, you bring up a good point, because, uh, you know, you, you got a few um, significant things here to talk about. Number one, Jeff and I almost got in a, in a fight, not Jeff and I together, but uh, you know, we had an altercation in the parking lot, and Jeff got out of the car, and in Jeff's mind, that's the reason why the, the fight was, uh, the fight went away, basically. But I was thinking of what you said, because you're a big guy. I mean, Jeff's pretty big, 235, and he looks good. You're like, probably 285 and lean when you're in good shape, Plus, you also... Mm-hmm quite an accomplished martial artist and you told me which I was really surprised Brian you wouldn't believe how many assholes want to fight me because they want to knock down the giant and so it's pretty amazing how you know a lot of guys want to get big done as you know because they want to show off like their their armor to other guys a lot of reasons why guys do it isn't necessarily to attract females but it's kind of have like, 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 like the way the knights back in medieval times would wear armor muscles in a sense are biological protective but you said a lot of times you were surprised how many guys wanted to fucking throw down with you right?
4: Oh yeah, I, you know it's. Uh, I think that a lot of. I think a, uh, you know the guys that are actually scrappy, uh, and actually get in fights. Uh, there's a lot of guys who talk about getting in fights, but there are there are there is a, a group of people that that get in a lot of fights, and those guys find out I think pretty early that um, the bigger guys that a you know big muscular guy, if he, especially a tall muscular guy, probably hasn't been in a lot of fights. Probably doesn't want to fight anybody. Um, you know, he wants not so, look like
1: he can kick ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
4: So what'll Happen is you'll get these guys that'll, that'll assume that you're, you're that guy, you know, and, uh, yeah. in my, in my situation, I fought competitively for 17 years and, uh, you know, <laughs> I was, I was, I was a little more game than the average. I'm, you know, I'm six, two and, and 300 pounds. I was, I, I was probably, a uh, The wrong guy to to pick on, you know. But uh, yeah, you're
1: from the same the same state as Brock Lesnar, right? So you're like a Brock Lesnar clone, basically. Actually, he's
4: uh, he. I think he's from uh, Minnesota, isn't
1: he? Okay, well, same state, Minnesota, Wisconsin. You're all bunch of Midwest corny motherfuckers out there. Yeah, we're
4: we're like you're the same size as
1: he is, man. That's for damn sure.
4: Yeah, yeah, no. So, you know, but it is amazing. It, It really. I mean, the last person that I again, like you're saying, the last guy that I would think of. You know, maybe I should go pick a fight with Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I was in a bar and I saw him walking around, I would—nothing n- would say to me that's probably the guy I should go screw with. But uh, but it does happen, and it happens a lot. You know, it happens a lot more than you think. Um, you, you know, know Don, it, bring- it's Fun.
1: Now, this is a quick point. I mean, because Jeff and I talked about this before, how in in the world, in WF UFC, we see a lot of times, like, Phil Barone is a good example. Nothing against Phil. He's really muscular and buff, but he's often losing to these skinny little guys that are, like, kind of waffly looking that have got much more, I guess, uh, either instinctual or intelligent fighting techniques, I guess, in a sense. And so, you know, BJ Penn's a good example, too, of a skinny guy. That's an amazingly intelligent fighter that can beat guys. It doesn't matter how much muscle you have, actually. You know, I mean, not that you're in that same category, but that's a great point you raised.
4: Well, I'll tell you, you know, the thing is, if you watch these, um, uh, it's interesting to me, you know, when I watch the World's Strongest Man and all that kind of stuff, I mean, there there are other guys that like uh, Pujanowski that looks like a physical specimen. But, uh, you know, the vast majority of those guys that do really, really well, you know, Angus for Mangus, Angus, and then his brother Angus yeah. for Mangus, Man- <laughs> um both guys uh you know they have that farm boy build. They don't they're smooth looking, round shouldered kind of guys. And That's I true. think that uh, in MMA I noticed that those those same kind of physiques guys do pretty well as, and I think there's just uh again there's genetically there's a group of individuals that are incredibly strong. And uh yeah. they probably don't look the part, you know. Um yeah. the other thing, you know, I mean it uh, the martial arts is uh uh it's one of those you know when you talk to people that take karate or Taekwondo or whatever, and they say how oh, they got their black belt after three years and you know they're they think that they know what they're doing, you know the truth of the matter is especially in m m a today there's it's 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 undergone such a tremendous transition even in the last like four years five years i mean it was four years ago if somebody got you in a rear naked choke, pretty much the fight was over, you know now you've yeah. got guys that you know that like you've got guys that that you can't choke out you've got you know that so uh in MMA I think what's yeah. happening now is, is you've got guys that are really fighting full time it's a job for them and because of that uh the uh the sport is is really growing uh in, in leaps and bounds in both talent and technique and um you know again a guy like Phil Baroni. uh you know, it, technique is a huge, huge thing, and and uh, uh, Phil's a great fighter, and he's a, and he's and he's a tough, willing guy. I mean, that's you know, if you look at what makes a good fighter, it's it's the ability to take abuse, the willingness to take abuse, and then the technique to be able to dish it out. And uh, really, I mean, uh, the your physical attributes, of strength and speed, uh, you know, definitely play into that as well. So, uh, you know, these guys that are that we're watching now. Uh, really have, are so much more complete. Um, oh, yeah, of course. It, it's like if you were to look at uh, football players from, you know, the 40s and 50s or even the 60s when they weren't really, you know, they. It, it's just a totally a different breed nowadays. I mean, those guys, it's it's a high art, you know, the uh, yeah. America, that's our that's the sport that we pick, you know, uh, for the most part, and uh, we've, we've really developed that to a high art. And the same is now becoming true of uh, – of MMA, and it's, it's interesting to me because um, I've got a lot of friends that are MMA. I'm sure you do, too, I have a lot of MMA fr- fa- friend, friends that are fans of MMA, and then uh, they'll talk about how boring boxing is, and uh, I've noticed that after a guy watches MMA for a while and really develops his understanding of the sport, then they start to become boxing fans as well because boxing, again, is, it, it has developed to a high art. You know, yeah, and sure. uh, it's really exciting to see MMA do the same thing. You know, yeah,
1: no, it is, it is definitely. Hey, listen, we got to wrap it up. Unfortunately, we haven't had a chance to uh, get back into our conversation about diet, and also I wanted to inject uh, a lot of the amino acid science. Again, we haven't had a chance to finish this conversation, so we'll have to get Don back uh, and have a part two on this dietary uh, dilemma and also amino acid science. So, once again, I want to thank our listeners. If you guys have any questions or comments about the show, by all means, please find us on Facebook under Quantum Physiques, or on the forums uh, on the rxmuscle.com website. And once again, thank you for listening this is quantum physiques i am your host brian cunningham we'll be back with a great show again next week stay tuned
0: quantum physiques with brian cunningham is dedicated to harnessing the power of the holy grail of health fitness lifestyle and success and you'll hear quantum physiques every wednesday evening only on rxmuscle.com